welcome to the Lure Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. We are checking in over a copy today to talk about isolation, our new normal, and calculating risk. I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Hello. How's it going? Good. It's nice to hear the theme music. It's nice to hear your kitlets in the background, the children. It's something oh I think everyone can relate to is the kids in the background issue, whether it's video or audio or I don't know if there's any other form, but otherwise. Whatever the form, my kids are all over it. <laughs> Every We were on a call <laughs> earlier this week that I would, I would put in the camp of calls that pre-pandemic I would have been highly professional, very concerned about making sure that there were no distractions. And yeah, I mean, both my kids came in during that particular call and uh, it was fine. It actually lightened the the room up a little bit. Um, and I just kind of rolled with it. I mean, what are the options really? Let, let's discuss what are the options when your children go into the Zoom call? Gone are the days. Remember that guy who was on live television and his wife came in? Yeah chasing the kid and yeah. it was just like oh my god can you believe a kid was on live tv it was went viral like that is now totally hilarious mm-hmm. i think it could have, it probably has happened 10 times since the pandemic that exact situation what are you supposed to do though other than laugh yeah. i mean that's really what you do i think that's i think it has to be met with good humor because i've seen in instances even um with like you know, some of the television shows that are happening on, online now, like the late night shows and stuff, if you kind of see a glimmer of annoyance from the adult in the video, it kind of, it, I don't know. It, I, I, I think it looks bad on them. It, you just have like, you have to like, appreciate what's going on. You have no control. You love the kids. Let's yeah. make the most of it, you know? Yeah, and they find it so fascinating. Ugh. For a second, this is the thing. And what I was going to say was, I heard of one um, dad whose rule is: if you if you interrupt my video uh, conference meeting, you have to sit through the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which he said was an amazing deterrent because <sighs> his daughter came in. He's like, "Okay, you're here now," and sat. She sat on his lap for a forty five minute meeting about for her like nothing and she then went and told her brothers and sisters like don't go in there (laughs) you have to you'll be stuck listening to this whole whole awful meeting forever um imagine being like five and listening to any of our meetings it would be the worst Well, this is what i'm it's kind of occurring to me when my dad went to work when i was a small kid the age that my kids are it was interesting because you didn't really know what they did there right? Like you didn't have any sense what happened at dad's office. Sometimes he would come home with fun things. Sometimes he would come home with, there would be a party and you would meet people at the party for the office and Santa would come. Like these are my early memories of my dad's office and, you know, going into his office, looking at stuff in his office, but not really being aware of what his work was. And I think what's interesting with these kids of mine now, they think my, I mean, my daughter always says, mom, go work on your computer. Like she has no idea mm-hmm. normally what I do. But then since the pandemic, there are all these people in there, <laughs> you know, and it seems that mom is talking to people in there, right? So I think yeah. that it will be very interesting to think about what this generation of kids wants to do with their lives now that they have a clear picture of what adulting 
<laughs> involves. Um, I don't know. What are have your kids said? Any, well, your daughter, obviously, because uh, your son's yeah. a bit young to comment. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's one now, so he has no idea. He still has no idea what's going on. I would say that my daughter has no clue what I do either, despite my trying to tell her from time to time. It would have been way easier if I, you know, could take her to an office, which we don't have. Uh, and, and at least she could see files and computers and, you know, a setup with, uh, I suppose, if it was the old school, like assistants and clerks and a copy room. And, you know, that all speaks to, okay, there's something going on in this place. But just looking at me sitting in front of my computer, I think it'd be very hard to tell what the heck I'm up to. Um, so who knows what she thinks? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, on a fun note, sp speaking of sitting in front of a computer, I've started, uh, my daughter and I have started her own, uh, I guess it's a podcast. We're calling it a radio show. But she, because uh, I have the microphone here and she's become interested in it. So she just like sits and talks for five minutes and do it. And I cut it into like a two minute episode and send it to the family. And it's really fun. So maybe she thinks that I do that. I don't know. Well, you do do that. I guess I do do that. <laughs> I mean, it still feels like quite a side thing. Yeah, I guess I, I do mean, do it that. Is a, it is That's a true. side thing, but you are a podcaster. We spend a good chunk of our time podcasting at this point. I suppose, Not, yeah. It's mm -hmm. good. Amazing. Okay. So how is your um, isolation new existence going since we last chatted? I've come to a new phase in the pandemic that is... Almost like I'm happy with how things are. I don't know that anyone else is probably feeling this. And I'm not feeling it because every day is so great. And, you know, there are no stresses and there are no difficulties. Obviously, there are massive challenges of the pandemic. But the thing I am really growing to appreciate is something you touched on maybe six months ago on the podcast, like bring back boredom, you know, mm -hmm. bring back mm -hmm. limited choice, bring back quiet peace, you know, calm, all of these things are very true to me. And I had not realized pre-pandemic how much running around I do in, in a week. And I love not doing that. And I, I really hope, maybe we can talk about some things we hope will carry forward. I know you've talked about your daily workout, for example. I want to hear about that and how that's going. Um, but there are certain things that I just, I will be sad about when we go back to normal. And two weeks ago, I did not feel like that about anything. How yeah. about you? Does that make sense to you, by the way? Or is that just completely crazy talk? I, I feel like a lot of people are trying to reach through their headphones right now and strangle you, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think it's a polarizing comment. You're focusing on the positives, which is wonderful. And I commend you for it. Um, my, my continued challenge is uh, the every minute of the day feels like it's at max capacity until both the kids are down and then there's still work remaining. But then there also is the need, truthfully, the need to, um, you know, finally have time for yourself or time with your partner uh, or time to check in with friends and family. And then uh, you do a little bit of that and then it's time to go to sleep and start it all up again the next day. Um, and somebody asked me recently how it's going because they didn't have kids uh, and were checking, checking in with me on that. And the word I used uh, is it's unrelenting. Mm -hmm. And that is, I, it's true. not a complaint. And I really I, I enjoy the time with the kids, um, but it is a long go and it is, there are no breaks. You know, there are no pauses, um, which I think is the the chief challenge um, to, 
sustain all this, uh, to keep going, um, you know, we, we have to find time to, to step out of it a little bit and take a break. And that's the, I think that continues to be the, um, the, the missing piece, the hard thing to achieve. Everyone's having a different experience depending what stage they're at. So I think that the idea of no childcare and no outside help with kids, that is something that I'm, I'm not saying I hope continues. <laughs> That's right. not the bit that I think it's more just like there's, it's very peaceful to just be like, there's nothing else I could do right now. Yes. You know, there's, it's like this, this freedom of choice that we have all the time that is actually provides a lot of mental load. The, the boredom and the simplicity I like. It's crystallizing, don't you find? I think also in the in the business sense, you know, no one's being stretched to run around the city to attend meetings or lunches, and there's a lot less opportunity to waste time. I think um, because in the end, all that is is you know, throw on the phone, you know, pick up your phone or throw on the video conference, and you're there. You you do the business with the people you got to do business with, and then it's done. Um, so there's a lot of um, so to speak fat that's cut from our days that otherwise would exist. And so maybe some of that will carry over, um, which would be nice. But I do think in the end, especially, um, you know, when things are normal, 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 and who knows when that will occur, uh, you know, the face-to-face informal, you know, lunch meeting, that sort of stuff, I think does have great value. And there is a gap right now. Um, and I And I would wonder how people who are looking to, um, build their businesses or network uh, can achieve that because it's very hard to reach out to someone you don't really know and say, let's just pop on a video conference call for no reason <laughs> to build relationship mm-hmm. and maybe it'll go somewhere, you know? Um, yeah. So there, there's a downside, I would say, uh, as well, obviously, uh, in the business sense, on top of the very obvious downsides to a global pandemic in the <laughs> personal and health and societal sense. And what do you think about those coffees? Do you think that that's the kind of thing that people will miss and want to bring back? Or do you think that that will fundamentally shift? Do you think it will come back? I I think that the value in those um, interactions, at least for me, is totally crystallized. Like I have been on a few calls with clients uh, and other people that are meant to be in informal times, which you know is is great to do and advisable for you know team building and other purposes. Um, but they're not a replacement at all for a coffee or a drink after work. They are awkward. They're choppy. They're people talking over each other. It, it is fundamentally, at least from my experience, not the same as, you know, sitting back. I'm, I'm kind of like now putting myself in that place and thinking, oh, that'd be so nice. Like sitting back in a, uh, you know, in a pub and just having a, a chat about whatever um, for a period of time. Like that is, that's a great experience. That's one of my favorite experiences, I think. And so that's why, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that anything virtual can really replace it. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if we are on that front, kind of like the kids who don't talk on the phone in like sort of the, the generational equivalent of like, in my day, we had coffees face to face, right? But like to build a relationship, uh, I, I, you just have to spend time together. Like you have to see how people are in let's say an unpredictable sort of environment. Like you get a sense for people that way when you're with them, you see how they talk to the server, you see how they talk to a friend they run into or, you know, that, that sort of stuff, all that is totally lost right now. And, and as well, like um, the studies 
show that, you know, a video conference call, you're actually like paying way more attention to yourself and the way to look and the way you appear. And you're, you're actually having quote unquote eye contact with other people way more than you would normally have in person. And so there's a, there you, you get more tired more easily. Um, and there's a lot about that experience that is lesser than, you know, the in-person, um, uh, experience each other. I've, I've been doing work with somebody who I have never met in person for the past, like two and a half months now. Uh, and I, and I can't wait till I can actually spend time with her. Um, oh and see, and we just covered actually in our last call that we're both short people. Cause we did not know that. <laughs> Cause you, you don't know these things, you know, I can't remember it came up, but she's like, I'm five one. I'm like, Oh, I'm five six. Um, the other thing I want to cover with you, Darlene, uh, maybe this is something, maybe it's not, but, um, you know, obviously as lawyers, we talk in risk calculation often we're, you know, on a daily basis, at least, um, I feel like I help clients weigh risks and make decisions and everybody has a, a differing risk tolerance. Um, it's, I, it'd be hard to really say that, every, that, you know, one organization or one person has the exact same uh, tolerance for risk. And now as things open up, I mean, depending on where people live that are, that are listening, but, um, you know, restrictions are lifting across uh, North America in some capacities, depending on the state or province that people are in. Uh, and I think that folks are now having to engage in a risk calculation conversation with themselves and their families, like one of the most important risk calculation conversations they've probably had ever, if not definitely recently. Uh, how do you think, you know, folks can weigh risk in this scenario? Is it the same as the way our clients do? Or, you know, is there a process? Uh, is it different? What are your thoughts on this? Risk, my favorite subject. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Oh, man. My favorite board game. Oh, yes. No, my least favorite board game. Way too long for my uh, attention span. Um, I, uh, to be honest with you, I hadn't really put myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't usually calculate risk? Uh, it's a great question. I don't really know. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be going to um, a, a bar right now. That wouldn't be worth the risk to me. But I guess it is to some people. I don't know. Risk calculus is something that's generally lawyerly, but it doesn't, it isn't. I mean, it's not really. It's a business thing. It's something that everyone encounters. And I don't know. How do you think they're doing it? Did you did you do an assessment it's, of what you I think those? Well, I, I had an interesting experience in the early kind of few weeks of uh, the lockdown. I was at um, like a there's a school near our house, and my daughter and I were just in walking through it, uh, like the yard. Um, and there was one of our neighbors lives uh, you know a number of houses away from us with her dog. And my daughter loves dogs. And my daughter asked if she could pet the dog. And I said, well, you know, we have to keep our distance because of the sickness, which is what my daughter calls it. Um, and so we, she didn't pet the dog. She didn't go near this woman. We continued on our way. Um, and then like relatively, not, not like days later, but within a week or so, two weeks later, where we, our neighborhood as a, as a group chat, that woman came on and said that she had COVID. Uh, she was diagnosed with her mm. teenagers and the rest of her family. And so what would have like on paper been a pretty low risk, uh, you know, activity seemingly okay. uh, wasn't, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's, I think, why these standards um, are important to follow, because we you, we can't 
we are not in a position on, you know, in a calculated way to, um, in, in an exposure to exposure, uh, capacity, calculate our risk. Uh, maybe there's situations where like, I know in Newfoundland, um, you know, you can double your bubble is what they're saying, which is a cute way of saying you can join, you know, the grandparents and the kids can join uh, isolation bubbles. And what happens there is you obviously know if it's your parents um, or your in-laws, like how those folks have been conducting themselves for the last few weeks. They know how you have been and you can make a decision uh, in that way because uh, you can get more rich data, so to speak, to make that risk calculation. But if it's a, if it's just a rando, um, if, you know, if it's somebody who you haven't had that conversation with and you can't necessarily trust as much, it, I think that taking the lowest risk approach, at least from my experience, is the best because we otherwise could have been within the radius of this woman who potentially could have had the virus at that period in time and, um, you know, and gone down that awful road. One thing that I always do is whenever I take my kids to the city waiting pool by our house, like the splash pad type of thing, I am that mom who's like right there with my kid like right on top of them. <laughs> and all the other cool moms are like at the edge and letting the lifeguard handle it and stuff. I'm like, I won't because if anything ever happened, I would never be able to forgive myself. Right. And so to me, that's like one of those things where it's like right now it is more important to, you know, be here than to be cool. So sometimes like with the masks and stuff, there are a lot of, there are a lot of those type of decisions. They seem like new decisions, but they're not really. It's like, does my kid wear a mask and risk us looking like the freaks of the neighborhood? Or do I, you know, how do I feel if that was such a small thing to do and I didn't do it? So, you know, I don't know. It's, I think it's tough and everyone's got to make their own personal decisions, right? At the end of the day. But I, I still say like, I would follow the rules of, I, I'm not protesting in the streets about <laughs> the lockdown. Um but I, you know, I think even for people that that are protesting, there's a lot of different situations right now that people are in. So I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Well, we're all engaged in this risk exercise, which is uh, fascinating. But um, for now, we will go to a break and come back with our goods and gripes. <music> The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene, do you have anything to contribute to this segment of the podcast? I have a good, I would say a good, um, I'm reading a book called Untamed Oh yeah, <laughs> by Glennon Doyle. Yeah. And it's funny because a friend of mine dropped it off in my mailbox and was like, with a note, like required pandemic reading. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. Um, and then as I started just sort of chatting with different people, um, a lot of people are reading this book. And it does talk about just getting really clear on what you know to be true 
and what, you know, making sure that you're doing the right things. And for women in particular, it's quite an important book, I think, to read. Whatever your take on it, I think it's an important thought provoker. So I'm only halfway through, but it's uh, it's been really good. And there's, I think if a lot of people read it during this pandemic, there will be some change made in the future on a few points. So yeah, that, that's been really good. How about you for a good? <laughs> my good, uh, I just owe a lot of my um, uh, mental uh, peace. Maybe that's the word. I my I owe a lot of my days being uh, reasonable uh, to uh, snow snap peas, this certain sort of vegetable product that my daughter loves. And it's great to give her as a snack or as a side at dinner. And she eats them and she gets good uh, uh, nutrition from them. And it's no bickering and it's simple. And it's grab it from the bag, put it on the plate. And uh, it's just little things like that right now. I just so appreciate. So wonderful uh, vegetable product uh, to nourish my daughter, which is extremely helpful in these times. Hmm. Grapes? What do you got? Grapes. Uh, okay. I'll still, you know that I'm a fan of the, uh, of LinkedIn and social media for work. Uh, like I do, LinkedIn is probably <clears throat> my favorite social media for work, but I do find that it's so hard to just feel what I want to read right now about anything work related. That's a tough thing. I'm struggling with that. So when I go on, onto the news, it's sort of, you got to be selective about what you read and then I'm even finding that just the emails that I'm getting that are, are mailing lists that I like, that I wanted to be on, I just don't have the bandwidth to be interested in a lot of things that I was interested in prior to the pandemic. Are you having that experience or is that just me? Well, I think at least in my, the way that I'm looking at stuff is I have so, my time is so limited to do the work I need to do. I Like this kind of, these secondary things that I used to engage with in my work day just I have no time or interest in on top of the fact that if they're like related to mm. the epidemic or the, the pandemic then I'm like Ugh. <laughs> you know it's kind of like a double yuck so right. um I, I have a similar experience uh in that way yeah okay it's probably generalizable then but yes yeah, so that would be my I guess it's a bit of a gripe yeah and you my gripe is um when you're like your limbs falling asleep during your sleep. <laughs> uh, when what's my, falling asleep? When your limb, like what your hand you? or your arm is falling asleep because you're <laughs> sleeping weird. Your limb. I don't hear the yeah. word limb used so often that I immediately mm. picked up on what you're talking about. My yeah. foot fell asleep in this podcast, actually. You may See? have heard uh, me jumping around trying to fix it while we were on this podcast. Yeah. Gripe, definitely gripe worthy. Uh, thanks for joining, Darlene. I hope your coffee uh, is sufficiently drank. Um, it's always nice to check in. Oh. Uh, and we'll, we'll be back with another check in in another week or two. Okay. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Interalia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.